Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Practice Areas 101, presented by the Texas Young Lawyers Association, where we explore legal practice areas and hear from young lawyers across Texas who actually practice them. Today, we will discuss practicing plaintiff's personal injury law. So gather your jury instructions and let's get started. I'm your host, Nick Gwynn, and I am an IP attorney in San Antonio, Texas with the firm Gunley and Cave PC. I have the honor, of you, the honor of interviewing our guests, Matthew Manning and Justin Roberts. Matt Manning is an attorney with Webb Casson in Corpus Christi, Texas. He is also on the Texas Young Lawyers Association Board of Directors. Justin Roberts practices with Roberts and Roberts in Tyler, Texas. He has been recognized as a top 40 under 40 attorney by several organizations, including the National Trial Lawyers. Welcome, y'all. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having us, Nick. I'm glad to be with you guys. Well, this is an exciting day, and uh, we've got some some great topics in store. Uh, so let's let's get to it, uh, Matt. the The listeners are dying to know uh, about your journey that got you to your law firm. Tell us where you went to law school, and if plaintiff's personal injury was the plan all along. Sure, sure. So even before law school, I'm I'm glad and proud to say I'm a graduate of the Howard University in Washington D.C. Uh, when I graduated in 2008, I went to law school at the University of Toledo in Ohio. Now, I'm born and raised in Texas, so I did my third year of law school at Texas Tech, go Red Raiders. And when I graduated, I moved home to Austin for about a month or so, and then moved down to Corpus once I got off a job down here. To make it very short, basically, I've served as an assistant city attorney, as an assistant district attorney, then I went into private practice um, doing criminal defense, and then the person with whom I was practicing got elected district attorney. So at 30, I went back to the DA's office as the first assistant DA and managed the DA's office for about three and a half years. And then uh, the managing partner at my firm was on my, one of my jury panels. And just like my style, they offered me a job uh, and the rest is history. So I've been with Webb Kaysen since December of last year. And I tell everyone, I think I'm the most experienced baby lawyer in the state of Texas because uh, I'm in a new area of law. But obviously, I've, I've tried you know over 100 cases, probably 15 to 20 murder cases. So I've done a lot of heavy trial work, but I'm in a new area of law and I'm kind of learning every day. That's really exciting. Thank you, uh, Matt. Justin, same question to you. Yeah, I started out, I went to Vanderbilt undergrad and I went to St. Mary's, as you know, Nick, and uh, got to meet you there briefly. And uh, uh, from there, I kind of got to tour three different branches of government. I got to work as a law clerk for Justice Green on the Texas Supreme Court, moved on to being general counsel of the Texas House Republican Caucus for a legislative session then was an elections attorney at the Secretary of State's office. So I kind of got to jump through government. And uh, then I were going to have a baby and I needed to make money. So <laughs> I jumped over to a utility law practice and got to work with uh, large utility companies doing all sorts of cases at the Public Utility Commission. One Christmas, my wife looked at me and said, I don't want you to ever regret not working with your dad who owns a personal injury firm in Tyler. And it, that question hit me really hard. And we made the decision we were going to move back to Tyler from Austin, and we did that. And I've been here three years now working with my dad and uncle and a bunch of other attorneys here. That is neat. Something else that that's you know common among law students and, and young lawyers and just probably people in general are the surprises and realizations along the way and you know how they've shaped their shaped your career. Justin, any surprises for you? I've been, I would say one thing I'd say that would be helpful to other listeners is the research and writing has proven to be so critical in this career. I didn't, I could have never known that all that work on Law Journal would matter so much, but 
Um, I can't tell you how many times the ability to research and then articulate your viewpoint well and concisely has won the day. And so since the audience is a lot of uh, law students, I can't emphasize enough. If you get nothing else out of law school, learn to research and write, and it will benefit you the rest of your life. Matt, how about you? You know, I was thinking about that as Justin was answering, and I think his answer is spot on. The only thing I would supplement to that is I think people will be surprised when they get into law practice, one, how divorced the practice of of law is from law school. So, you know, you go to law school, you have a bunch of stodgy professors who are talking about the law out on this ivory pedestal, right? But then when you get down to it, um, it's much different. Your your judge has a huge bearing on what happens in your case. Your opposing counsel has a huge bearing on what happens in your case. And I think basically there are some things in law school that they um, neglect to let us know about that would be imperative for you to know about the practice of law, number one. The second thing I'll say is law is all relationships. So for those of you out there who have professional experience that precedes law school, you were an insurance agent or you were a banker or whatever, those relationships you develop there will be advantageous to you in law. And just overall, knowing how to talk to people, how to deal with people is particularly important in a practice area like personal injury, because you deal with a very wide kind of breadth of people, you know, very sophisticated people, also sometimes some unsophisticated people, and you have to be able to navigate every space in between. And can I add to that? I thought that's a great point, Matt. I, he's dead on. I mean, law is a people process. And so learning to have those skills to work with opposing counsel, adjusters, judges, your client, that dynamic, you, you can't learn it in law school to Matt's point. And on top of that, you usually have a business aspect to what you're doing. Personal injury is a lot of sometimes marketing. It's um, There's a whole host of business skills that will come into the practice that you'll never learn any other way than, than doing. I, I, I can't help but agree. I, I never looked at a, a balance sheet or a profit and loss statement until joining a law firm. And you know the, the business side is something that we don't really think about in law school. A question I want to ask both, the, both of you, are there... One type of case or a type, are, are there, is there one type of case that you see a lot or do you deal with several uh, or a variety of cases? You know, I think for a lot of personal injury lawyers, the bread and butter tends to be car accident cases. That's a stable, there's always that happening. And so you'll have a lot of that, but a lot of lawyers specialize in, from there and will take oil filled accident cases or dangerous or defective products. There's a, kind of a burgeoning market in terms of uh, drug and medical device cases. We do some of that. I mean, personal injury is a very broad term. Anywhere where there's insurance, where someone did something wrong and it got someone hurt and you can make them pay for it. Frankly, that's that's a lot of what our field is. And that, again, it's a very, very broad He's field. exactly right. And I'll say just broader as it goes to plaintiff's work. Um, in my firm, we do personal injury almost exclusively, but my firm has also allowed me to do civil rights work. So I do plaintiff side civil rights work. And, um, you know, even with that, there's a a wide, you know, kind of breadth of cases, if you will. So uh, he's exactly right. It can be a a number of different things. Matt, how do you spend most of your days? Do you, are you primarily in court, uh, handling phone calls, reading, meetings, all the above? All of the above, um, partially because I'm coming into a firm that has a very active caseload and they're, you know, they started about a year ago putting me in on, on a bunch of cases. So a lot of it is just getting up to speed. But one thing I, I did want to communicate to the, the people listening is one of the benefits I had from being a prosecutor and a defense attorney is I went to trial all the time. 
So the way I look at a case from the very beginning is one, I'm not scared to go to trial. So never try to punk me because you can see me in the courtroom anytime you want. Number one. Number two, I'm always, jokes aside, I'm always thinking about the viability of my case to the 12 people or six people who will be hearing it on the back end. So a lot of my days, probably like Justin, a lot of my days are spent um, thinking about strategy. How do I work the case up the right way? How do I keep costs down while making sure I have the right experts, I have the right evidence that I need, getting in you know, a public information act requests and whatever else I need to build a case up. And then just thinking strategically about how I wanna apply pressure or how I wanna lay behind the log. Um, that's, that's pretty much the bulk of my, my day is not only reading and also looking at cases because I'm a, a person who prepares where I want to control all the potential eventualities. I don't want there to be anything that pops up that I haven't thought about. So a lot of my day is just, how do I answer this question for myself before I put it in front of a jury? Justin, what about you? Uh, what does your typical day look like? I, I'm going to echo what Matt said. There's a lot of communicating with clients, defense counsel, experts, other attorneys. You're, it's a lot of communication, but a lot of strategy. The benefit of doing personal injury litigation is you get to think and plan strategically about your case because you've got, as Matt said, I mean, uh, a lot of eventualities and you don't want to be at trial and have not thought through something or not have something uh, evidentiary wise that you need. So you, it's a, just a lot, I can't stress enough, a lot of our time is spent planning ahead and thinking about what we need to do to be effective. Justin, tell me about the most interesting story from your practice. You know, one story, this is a, isn't actually my story, but it's a story from an attorney at our firm that I think is fascinating is there was a case, uh, it's actually my dad's case, where they basically caused all these Firestone tires to be recalled and taken off the road uh, several years ago. And the thing that I took away from that case that I has been a, a life lesson is that case took constantly pulling it a thread to get to the next thing. You know, there's a lot of times, and Matt could probably attest to this in the case where you wonder what the next step is, or is that possible? But it's amazing when you mine at your case and find evidence or find this next step, it takes you to the next thing. I mean, there's, uh, I wanted, that case was all about persistence. And uh, I, so much of our practice, I think, is just built on, man, that, that looks tough or unachievable or insurmountable, or that's a big issue. But when you dig down and keep fighting, you find a way. And uh, I didn't really get to the story, but I got to the moral of it. And, and I want to emphasize that to young lawyers. That was a good one. Matt, how about you? So since I'm new to the practice, I haven't had as many cases that are particularly interesting in terms of facts, but I will tell you something interesting that happened today. And that is the overlap from my previous practice to now. So to make the long story short, I have a case where a doctor is involved and that doctor treated my current client but I, I tried a murder case about three years ago where there was basically an unindicted person whom the defense was saying was actually a co-conspirator. And the long story short is the doctor did a surgery on that person in that case and actually came in to testify to say basically he could not have been involved in the murder because he had the same kind of injury that my client now has. So it's kind of crazy how life comes full circle because when I read his name, I said, man, I know this guy and uh, he gave me a hard time a few years ago. He didn't want to testify, but he made my case because my whole thing was this guy wasn't involved. It was this other person. And I say that to say your reputation and a lot of your experiences will come back full circle in ways you can't imagine. I don't know if Justin can speak to this, but in his experience um, in Austin, he may have met people 
who've come through his door later or know him, you know, through his previous practice. And it's kind of crazy how that happened. So uh, be prepared for surprises because they will always arise in your practice. Yeah, I heard some other lawyer talk about the practice of law as a dance. You think your career is going to be linear, but you go from side to side and different thing to different thing early on in your career. And Matt's dead on. You'd be shocked at how the universe has a way, (laughs) you know, of, of, taking your past experience that you thought would never relate to anything else in the future. Sure enough, that relationship or that thing you learned or whatever uh, comes back. Uh, and so that's so, so true. And so I w- that's an encouragement to young lawyers that you may feel like you're bouncing around a bit, but you'll be shocked at how all the threads kind of loop back together in the end. Well, the two of you have already given a lot of great advice, but I hope I can get some more out of you. Uh, Justin, what advice for law students or young lawyers um, would you offer, uh, in particular those who want to practice plaintiff's personal injury? I would, my, the, so I mentioned research and writing, but Matt's experience, that trial experience is critical. It is so hard to get it these days. I'm jealous of his experience doing that because that's what separates lawyers in our field is that trial experience early on. And if you can work for a DA's office uh, and, and get what Matt has done, or if you can work for an insurance defense firm and just run to trials, I mean, do what you can to get in the courtroom and get comfortable because that's truly the end game of these cases. And there are a lot, a lot of lawyers out there who don't even know how to get in a courtroom and who are afraid of it. And insurance companies can smell that. <laughs> so you need to be sure you're getting that experience. I've been very fortunate to work at a firm where we go to trial and, and I've been able to do that. But if you think you're going to be in plaintiff's personal injury, go find a way to get take pro bono cases, uh, volunteer for these civil rights cases in federal court, work for a DA's office, whatever you need to do to get to the courthouse. That's what I would do. Matt, how about you? What what advice do you have to offer? Can I say first that Justin is one of my new favorite people and like I want to be an election <laughs> lawyer and he's an election lawyer. So we're, we're going to kind of be trading, trading love there. Um, but jokes aside, one of the things I would say is, believe it or not, if you want to do personal injury, one of the things I think is a learning curve for me, despite having dealt with it, is, is the medical part of it. So I would say if you're interested in it, do what you can to supplement your medical knowledge, um, whether that's literally buying medical textbooks or, or something that's annotated that can kind of explain to you the uh, psychology or pharmacology or whatever may be pertinent in your particular case, because that's something I'm having to learn on a day-to-day basis. And that can be kind of a a true impediment um, if you don't fully understand it to learn. But overall, kind of a a larger view, I would say one of the things you need to you need to do is one, learn how to talk to people, like I've said, but also kind of to Justin's prior experience, learn how to really read the law, understand exceptions, and learn how statutes work. The reason I say that's important is in my prior practice as a criminal practicing attorney, you know, primarily as a prosecutor and a defense attorney, the statutes are not quite as long. They're usually easier to parse. But as it relates to um, things in the in the CPRC or uh, other statutes, they can be really kind of difficult to parse if you haven't learned how to do that. So really build up your reading stamina, because one of the things you have to be able to do is not only read the information, but fully comprehend it. Because when you're doing plaintiff's work, just like I came up against today, there are various immunities and various ways that the law may apply to one situation that it is inapplicable to another situation. And you want to be able to fully understand those nuances. Excellent advice. Well, I don't mean to get us into a a downer, but I do want to ask if there's one thing you could change about your practice, what would it be, Matt? (laughs) You asked a great question, Nick. You know (laughs) what I'm struggling with, man? And I'll I'll just keep it a hundred for everybody out there. Uh, The problem I have, honestly, is as a lawyer, I struggle when I either don't know how to help somebody 
or the law doesn't allow me to help somebody. And that's hard to imagine, but there are times where you have immunities and other things where I just literally read a situation today where the law is unequivocal, crystal clear, does not apply to this situation, and you cannot bring a private action in this circumstance. And I don't say that to discourage people, but I, I say it to say we're agents of change as, as lawyers. And in those times where I feel like my hands are bound, I struggle because my whole practice, my whole career has been about helping people, whether it's a victim or an accused person or the society at large. And that, that can be difficult. Um, there are often ways to approach the issue from a different angle, but that's something I've had to learn really more so in this practice than anywhere else, because in the criminal system, there's a lot more kind of certainty to things generally. Uh, but in personal injury, there can be some times where it seems like there's uh, there's difficulty getting where you want to go. And I don't know if Justin has seen that, but that's something I've noticed. That is definitely true. The law in many ways is set against what we do in Texas. And uh, it's you do have a lot of situations where someone walks in, you can't help them. And uh that is devastating because the people we're helping are not, you know, I don't know how it's put in the media, but I mean, people, people's lives are really, really messed up whenever something like this happens to them. They've had a death in their family where they are seriously injured and can't work. And uh, you'd be surprised how many times the law does not afford them a remedy. And that's, that's a shame. On a lighter note, you know, in terms of things I would change, uh, it would get rid of email. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would. But truly, I mean, our practice, like any practice, requires focus and discipline and concentration and strategy and planning. And I find, like many other lawyers, that uh, it takes a lot of effort to get out of your practice so you can or get out and get away from all the distraction to focus on the case in front of you. And, uh, you know, one thing we do, a lot of our lawyers do is they go to Barnes and Noble or they used to before COVID and just say, I'm out for the whole morning or the whole day or whatever. And I'm going to work on this one case. And uh, I encourage a lot of lawyers to not feel like you have to be tethered to your office. It's okay to get away and focus on the one thing in front of you. Mm-hmm. Nick, can I can I amend my petition? Can I add something to my answer? Please, I'll give you leave. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, the the one thing I did want to say too, though, is one I want to I want to show some love to lawyers, and I say that to say, you know, sometimes people have a, a, a negative perception of lawyers, but. In my experience, the vast majority of lawyers are actually really good people. They actually care about helping people. And believe it or not, people on both sides. There are defense lawyers I have in some of these cases where they recognize Mrs. Smith was hurt. It's a bona fide injury. What happened to her was tragic. And in mediation, they do the right thing and pay more money than you might think they would be inclined to to pay. So one, I want to say, don't be discouraged. Um, a lot of lawyers are, are great people and they're good to work with, um, I would say, number one. And number two, there's really no better feeling than helping a person who can't otherwise help themselves. I mean, what we're able to do is really an extraordinary thing. And as Justin mentioned, some of these injuries are are debilitating for much longer than people realize they're debilitating for. So what we do um, gives people some modicum of, you know, normalcy sometimes, the opportunity to seek medical treatment. And uh, most of these people that at least that I've dealt with are not getting some crazy windfall. Like people think people are out here making millions of dollars. A lot of times they're, they're just trying to get back to zero or right at, you know, some kind of stasis because of what has happened in their lives. So, you know, keep that in mind. I love, sorry, we keep adding on each other, Nick. So I hope we're not dragging it out too much, but uh, not at all. You know, Matt just makes great points. And I want to, I want to add to that, you know, and I know Matt can attest to this. There's a characterization of personal injury law out there that is just so unfair. And, you know, the clients that come in our door, I I think 99% of them have said something to this effect, which is, it's not about the money. It's never about the money. It's, they don't want it to happen to someone else is usually what they're here for. And, 
So uh, I want to, despite what you see on commercials and all this stuff, it is usually a client who wants to make sure that something, that there's some sense of justice in the world. You can prevent this thing, a horrific thing that happened to them from happening to another family or someone else. So I just encourage people who want to pursue personal injury law that that's what it's about. And that's what's meaningful and gratifying about the work we do. Well, we're not going to finish on the the downbeats that the the question uh, came with, but we're going to finish on a high note. Uh, So if I I want to ask each of you, what is your favorite thing about the practice? (laughs) I'll go. Um, I would, I mean, I think hands down, I'm sure Matt will say the same. I mean, or something similar to, I mean, it's almost a given. It's about your clients. I mean, there's nothing like a relationship with a client. I've represented corporate clients and I loved that work, but it, you know, in this practice, you get to get to know people and uh, way beyond their case. And it's pretty neat. We make a practice of going to people's homes. It's harder to do it right now, of course, but go to their home, look at pictures of their family, see where they live day to day, because in a courtroom, juries know if you really care about your client. So the golden rule is make sure you know your client and find that thing in you that wants to fight for them. So the pleasure of it all to your, to your question is getting to know them and be a part of their life for a little bit. And it's all, you miss them whenever it's all over because you just, you get to know them so well. So that's the best part. Matt, how about he's, you? He's exactly, he's exactly right. I, I don't have much to add besides I'm, I'm not nearly as humble as Justin. So I, I feel kind of cocky, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of feel like a superhero sometimes. And I think really a lot of that comes more from my criminal defense days because back then the way I used to conceptualize it is like it's me and Justin against the world. Everybody in here assumes he did it. I've got to make sure I protect his rights, right? Now, as a personal injury lawyer, it's kind of the same. When I step into the courtroom with Mrs. Smith and it's against Mr. Jones and there's some big insurance company behind him, I have that same feeling of invigoration that I'm there and you got to go through me to deny her justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just to make it simple. And, you know, honestly, just getting down to brass tacks. If you're a competitive person, if you're an athlete, if you're somebody that likes that sense of competition, I'd be dishonest if I said, if I did not say that some of that is is definitely present in the practice of law and in a practice like personal injury, because every day we talk to insurance adjusters and various people who are telling us that they're not going to pay anything on this. Miss Smith is lying through her teeth. She's not actually hurt. And you've got an MRI or you've got, you know, something else that indicates, no, she's got a bona fide injury. And then it becomes, how do I fight to make sure she gets what she's owed? So I like being in that position where um, I have someone's trust in me and I have them on my shoulders and, and I know how hard I work. I know that when they come into my office and they trust me with their case, I'm going to do everything I can to take care of them as though they were my own child or my own family member. Um, so we, we really get an, an opportunity to help people in this practice and I enjoy it. Amen. I like that. And I, that's a great way to, to end this segment. I, I appreciate you guys to our listeners. Thanks for listening. We'll provide information on our panelists in the show notes. Please follow the Texas Young Lawyers Association on Instagram and Facebook at Texas Young Lawyers. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. For more information on the Texas Young Lawyers Association or how to suggest or apply to be on the podcast, check out the website at tyla.org. See y'all next time.